Sunday afternoon. Happy Sunday afternoon. I'm Phoebe. This is Gemma. And this is Money Can't Buy You Class, the reality TV critical theory po- crossover podcast of your wildest dreams. Truly. Has that, have you heard of it before? Well, tell your friends. It's here. I've heard of it. <laughs> I've heard it's pretty cool. Um yeah, we are we are entering our little uh, study space today to chat about the newest seasons of Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, um, which both I think have like six or seven episodes out, um, and they are very interesting seasons so far. Um, I I think the COVID aspect of them is is like difficult to watch and I think it makes them kind of um you know a little freaked they they seem to be heightened emotionally what do you what what's your takeaway from the episode so far yeah well um New York is a little bit ahead of Beverly Hills New York has had 10 episodes so far and I think that Beverly Hills is like on eight or nine maybe it's seven or something so um, I think that right now we're kind of just at like the midpoint of both of these seasons, which, you know, the midpoint is when like the, the real drama starts to hit because I, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, it's like, um, it's all just like one very long TV show. It's like at the first quarter, you have like the small incident that gets resolved. Then you have the huge incident that the rest of the season like explores and that's only eventually resolved in the reunion. So we're getting the like seasonal, like the seasonal explosions right Mm now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that also the mid season is when you start to see the star emerge. Who is the star of the season or who is, who's kind of, who's the one they're focusing on and I think for New York, that's pretty clearly Ebony and Sonia. In this episode, they are in Salem because, like, they got to get out of New York, you know? It's, like, really incredible with the election. So they're in Salem, where Ugh. everyone escapes to, apparently. Yeah, and- everyone in New York goes to Salem for a nice <laughs> chill weekend getaway. That's what everyone in society does. Which was Leah's idea because she is like such a classic, like spiritual guru. Um, and she's like, this whole season, her whole thing, instead of being a drunk, is being a wick witch. Um, I, yeah, I hate Leah so much. She just is so much trying to be like, I'm edgy, like, I'm different than everybody else on this show. And it's like, we get you're young, dude, chill. I've said it once and I'll say it again you it's like so anti-semitic to convert to judaism and then get a nose job it's like (laughs) it's like what are you doing you're literally going against your faith you're getting like your fucking like irish nose while you're you know what i mean it's just like it's so antithetical to to the jewish mindset 
so they're in Salem and um you know the drinks start flowing as they do for our lovely ladies of New York and um Sonia of course is getting a little rowdy but the episode was kind of amazing because we had this new character Bershawn who came in hot did not go over well and she basically you know was like yelling at Sonia and making a lot of fun of her uh Ramona and Luann all rush to Sonia's defense. Like, no, 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 you can't talk to her like that. And it's kind of the classic thing of like, if you have a sister or something, you're allowed to talk to them mm-hmm. badly, but no one else is. And so I thought that the Bershon moment was a very much like an aligning of the old guard versus the new guard, which I think is a general theme in these seasons because of, you know, characters like Ebony who are bringing awareness about, you know, Black Lives Matter and, trying to talk to the women about race and Ramona's getting canceled. This feels like an overarching theme to me. This kind of like, what's next? Who's old? Who's new? And are the new people actually trying to push out the old people? Yeah, I mean, Brashawn is like an interesting figure to introduce because she's also, she's not like a new character on the show. Like she doesn't have a tagline. She, she's kind of, she's like a friend of the housewives introduced via Ramona because Ramona is like trying to have more black friends (laughs) which like in and of itself is a plot line but Brashawn kind of like makes that mistake that a lot of or a number of women make on their first season of reality television like with uh with Cindy I think Cindy would be our best example from what is it like season four season five of New York City yeah like an early season early Uh, season she's such a weirdo yeah, and like she or or like um or like Joyce and the the crazy witch Carlton and Carlton, I think that, that that was also like season four on Beverly Hills. Yeah. Where they come in too strong and they try to like make enemies and like take down certain characters on the show. Like it seems as if because they've watched them on TV before or they like, they have like an idea, but Brashawn just like comes in like a little bit too hard and starts like screaming at Sonia and totally like messing up the vibe of reality TV or especially these shows, which is like, you can't just go all in and you can't, you can't be too obvious. And you, you know what I mean? I feel like Brashawn is like, you're a fucking clown and nothing you say is gonna hurt me and then like nothing that they say does hurt her so it's just like it's like this reality tv fever dream of her just of both of them just like screaming at each other but like for no apparent reason and that there's nothing there's like nothing there besides yeah just Sonia being just Brashawn trying to make Sonia into the most crazy Sonia there is Right, she's just egging her on, which, like, but you can kind of tell, like, with Leah, like, you can tell that, and, like, Ramona even, like, they're, like, you're messing up the vibe, and they keep saying vibe, but, like, there is a sense that, like, she's messing up the script, and, like, she's messing up the way that they usually function, and they're, like, no, that's not how you do this on our show, you know, like, and they kind of do rule the show in a way, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, the next episode teases Sonia, like, and Bershon getting into a physical altercation, um, which I have to say, we have not seen on New York in a long time. This, this is, we haven't, I don't think we've seen a physical assault 
from these ladies in a long time when when's the yeah it's like kind of and it's it's kind of sad to see like women who are like old <laughs> getting into right like this when's when's the last time we saw like a physical there I mean I'm thinking about like Luann getting arrested and like kicking the police officer <laughs> yeah but between cast members I think probably like maybe Aviva and Carol <laughs> They got pretty close. Carol like grabbed Aviva's neck that one time. Oh my god! Well, and I guess there's some like dri- like food. Food is always thrown on people, or yeah, yeah. I, I guess I mean Leah. Leah's a swinger. Like she'll she'll take yeah. a big swing at you. But I but I I don't think I don't know. Like I just feel like you know after watching like you know you watch that w- that was much more an earlier staple of the show. That kind of like bad girls club drama of like getting in fights and like you know hurting people like was like that kind of classic reality tv fight where they reach over the camera to grab the hair like that's a classic movie well that just recently happened on atlanta on season two or sheree like tries to pull kim's wig off which i think is like it it has so many like incredible like racial undertones and overtones because kim's thing is she's like basically lying about having cancer because like she she wears a wig and like a weave and yeah. she's like, surrounded by these like black women who also wear weaves and wigs so she's like justifying through like sickness her like her like aesthetic right as a white woman to like wear their same hairstyles and there's I feel like there's so much like anger from Sheree towards Kim and I think yeah I don't know but I always I always I always think that the, because I I always feel like in Atlanta or at least the first two seasons and I've only seen the first two seasons that Kim is really trying to like She's trying to like be black, and like Nini even gives her um, a, a little bit of a. It's it's almost, it's, it's kind of hilarious because Nini is like really fucking smart, and Nini is like we're gonna do the alter ego photo shoot, and like you know Nini's like I'm gonna be a stripper, and like my alter ego is gonna be the person like like the uptight lady giving the stripper money in a gross way, and she's like, and Kim, you're gonna be a black girl. Yeah. Right. And Kim is like, no. And Nini's like, why are you not going to be a black girl? That's obviously your alter ego. Anyway, that's a digression. But- no, I get. No, I do get what you're saying. I think Kim is interesting because she also acts. Um, she also, yes, she like has like you know does like a blackface kind of thing, but she also really, really, really like plays up like her like kind of intense white trashness too I mean like the smoking and the Mountain Dew and the Diet Coke and the babies and she's always pregnant I mean like she's not fucking around wait and she she's convinced everyone that she was only 29 years old that first season which is like (laughs) like, everyone was like Kim we know you're not 29 and she's like oh yeah now I'm 30 now I'm 30 and I was like psychotic it's like sure okay but um so, but speaking of physical altercations on yeah. Real Hotspots of Potomac, um, there was a, which is another show that focuses on a group of black women. Um, there was a big deal altercation in the, like the end of season four. Monique, one of the characters like goes after uh, this girl, Candace, um, because Candace was like really egging her on, but Monique like, Monique, Monique kind of fucks her up. And it becomes this whole big, conversation on the show about like race and coming off the right way and all the women except for like one basically excommunicate Monique because they're like 
this is not who we are. When we started the show, everyone wanted us to be just like Atlanta. Guess what? We're not like Atlanta. I mean, I haven't seen Potomac, but like just I've heard and I've read that it's like a show that's like about colorism and like wealthy black communities. And even them like being like, we're not going to be like those girls from Atlanta, you know, you get a very exactly. DC, like I feel like, I, I don't know, DC versus the South in terms of like rich black families. I was also thinking about that in, um, be, you know, because what Atlanta was the second it started Orange County, then New York, then Atlanta. Right, right. So I think that like you have these two uh, franchises which are all white women, which, you know, it becomes clear that like these shows are about like the, the manners and the mannerisms of like wealthy white communities or wealthy white communities which feel a need to prove their wealth and whiteness. You know, and I always find if I think I, I don't know, it's just interesting that then they pivoted to like a rich black community, but they like still needed like a like a white lady on yeah. it almost to like represent a certain type of whiteness and in terms of blackness on these shows. But wait, but we are but we are talking which right, which, which is which is unfascinating to me because you see in uh in New York this season you get Ebony K. Williams yeah. and you get Brashawn now who are both black and the show has never had like any POC. Like it's always been, well, I guess there's a half Japanese lady for one season. Right. But that was, yeah. that's, um, and then on, uh, then you have Garcelle and now Crystal, Crystal, who I love. I actually really like Garcelle, Crystal and Garcelle. Yeah. Garcelle's kind of boring, but yeah. Who Garcelle or Crystal? Garcelle. She's also so gorgeous so beautiful oh my god and I love that she was on Curb Your Enthusiasm I know I know that was so funny yes we have Ebony K. Williams and Bershon Ebony K. Williams was is a Fox News correspondent she's a lawyer she is uh went to Howard she is very well at 16 at 16 she went to Howard yes uh Ebony is part of AKA which is the like elite um sorority that Kamala Harris is famously a part of and Candace uh, is, on, is on Potomac. And anyway, um, she is basically the like voice of Black America for this season of Real Housewives. And she is really educating the women on every episode. And in this episode, it's kind of coming to a head they don't want to hear it anymore. They are bored of this conversation. And Sonia actually has been the best ally. And um, Ramona, unsurprisingly, has uh, just really goofed it up every step of the way. Um, and there's a big rumor that Ramona is getting booted off because of her like insensitivity on this season. And I am just curious to discuss this because I think that Ebony, sure. Do I think that she wants to educate these women? Absolutely. Do I think she's like doing a pretty good job? Yeah. Do I think it's her job? No. Do I think it sounds like kind of a shitty position for her to be in? Yeah. But I also think that Ebony, Ebony is a little bit of a Bethany. She is really smart. She really is like secretly wants to be the star but is like I'm kind of above this the whole time and she is kind of manipulating the shit 
out of Ramona. And I think she's also like in the episode when like she just starts crying about her grandmother and then Leah, okay, Leah sobbing. I was like, get out of here, girl. Like Ebony's sobbing about her grandmother and it just feels phony as hell to me. And I think Ebony knows, I just think Ebony knows what she's doing. And I, I was thinking maybe she knew that if she got, she pushed Ramona, she would get a reaction. I'm not saying this is like villainous in any way, but like, you know, it's kind of, she knows who Ramona is. She's done her research. Ebony has like a lot of depth to her. And I yeah, think that totally. she's one of those, she's one of those uh, housewives who comes on the show in a very intellectual way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even someone like Carol Radzawill. I mean, Ebony's smarter than Carol, but Carol kind of came on it from like an intellectual standpoint. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. And I, I, just, I think that I don't, I don't quite know what Ebony, I don't really know what Ebony is doing. She's kind of like, she's obviously not a housewife, you know? Um, you know, that, she that, kind that, of is a perfect housewife. Well, yeah, but she doesn't have any kids and like, she like wants kids. Or blah, right. blah, blah. I, I'm, guess I, I guess I'm talking wife. in terms of the show. Right. She t- ticks a lot of the boxes of like how, like somebody who's really successful on the show. But I mean, she's cool. I mean, I, I, I like, I like that she, she calls them out. And I, I, I think, you know, honestly, it's like, I think that she says, obviously it says a lot more about like the history of the show that she can like disrupt it. So, so heatily, you know what I mean? And I think that, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that any, I think that the thing about New York is that nobody, nobody knows how to handle a black it's not just like oh she's a black woman whether like they say you're you're always preaching and teaching which is like so that it's like so bad but um but no it's like none of them know how to like literally just be like chill and cool and normal with like a black woman which is like you you honestly you don't even get that as much on on beverly hills you know what i mean like with with i mean i think that garcelle's had her had her moments like with kyle she was like kyle like you can't tell a black woman that she's cheap like that really fucked me up do you like learn a little bit more but that that's not like a plot line in it and like you do have the plot line with uh with sudden who says to crystal i don't see color and then like Crystal's like, well, what do you mean by that? And sudden just bursts into tears and that becomes like a whole mm-hmm. thing. But it's not, you know, I, I don't, I, neither. It's just interesting on, in New York City, how even people like Leah who are like, oh, I'm so chill with black people, like use like a weird black voice or like using all yeah. these weird buzzwords. And even someone like Sonia who, you know, she's like, Sonia's like, yeah, I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. And like, Ebony does really like Sonia. But then when Sonia's like getting into with Brashan, she starts like putting on this like weird, um, this weird, uh, like, it's almost like a minstrel type thing where she's like doing a whole black voice and she's like doing a whole like caricature. And I don't know, it's just like really weird. And I wonder what that... I mean, they're probably, they're all just fucking racist. You know what I mean? And they're all super conservative and they're from very conservative backgrounds, but. Yeah. In a pretty racist way, she is like attacking Bershawn in a really violent way that she has not done to any of the white women. Literally. Like literally she wants to hurt her. (laughs) Yeah. And like suddenly Bershawn's the one who's made Sonia the most angry. Like, fucking Luann's a dick to Sonia every you know 
and and it's interesting that this is what has bring this is what brings Sonia over the edge, and this and what we've been teased for the next episode, which I'm very curious about because it is Sonia's is this kind of like intervention moment for Sonia, and some sort of like spiritual call from her father, which I think is going to be dark, but. You know, I do feel as though Sonia has been coasting, truly. Like, she's all, people love her. She's, like, a fan favorite. She's been coasting, being, like, drunk, and then, like, going to Palm Springs for eight months in between every season and, like, like detoxing and then coming back. And then, but I think that there's something, something is at the breaking point. And I'm curious for them to actually shift the focus to Sonia because they've never really given her that much attention like her storyline's always there because she's honestly annoying and she's like just always talking so it's always there but we have actually never really like looked directly at Sonia like really looked at her at, from the camera like I have but like you know the viewers have but like I don't feel like the show has focused on her that well, explicitly or her trauma maybe there was I mean I remember there was the um you know, there's a season with her and Bethany where Bethany was really trying to take care of her. You yeah. know, she was, remember at the beginning when they went to, um, where, where, where's that fucking, oh my God, the where you gamble in New Jersey, Atlantic City, where they go to mm-hmm. Atlantic City and Sonia just gets so drunk and like uh, yeah. Bethany like confronts her. But, like there have been moments with it. But you know, Pat, did you, um, did you see that video of the white lady at Victoria's Secret having the meltdown? Do you know about that? No. So, so um, this is related, but it's like, it's just like at this like middle American shopping mall and there's this black woman, the video starts, is this black woman just like she's, uh, it's from her perspective, she's filming and this white woman rushes at her in a Victoria's Secret about to hit her. Like this woman's hand is up, you know? And like, we all know how law enforcement works. We all know that this black woman is filming it as as evidence you know and also as like uh you know if someone someone knows if you're filming them maybe they'll stop because they know that it's going to be documented mm-hmm. right so this black lady is, is films this woman about to hit her the woman sees that she's filming and i swear to god fear in her eyes she starts screaming and crying and having this like hysterical crying thing being like I'm mentally unstable you're making me so upset stop filming me stop filming me for 15 minutes and then this 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 black lady is just like dude like I'm gonna keep I'm keeping filming you like I like what like what do you want me to do like you just tried to attack me I need you to be escorted out of this mall and I'm filming you so when the police come I can have evidence of what you did. And this woman, this white lady that starts chasing her and trying to hit her again and throw shit at her all the while. Oh my God. No, but it's just crazy because this woman starts screaming and screaming and crying and sobbing. So, you know, it's this like, it's this, it's, it's the, it's the emotionality of, of white women using, using mental illness or the guise of mental illness to justify racist behavior, which is yeah. in that story, but it's like where I'm getting with like Sonia and Brashan, you know what I mean? Where it's like all of a sudden you have like Sonia Morgan, who's a very wealthy white woman who has always benefited from her, from her privilege. I mean, there's always the question, why haven't you been arrested instead of why have you been arrested? And I think that with Sonia, that becomes like increasingly obvious. Yeah. Um, and she tries to hit Brashan. 
And then yeah. it cuts to the next scene. Instead of being like, you cannot hit another woman. You cannot hit a black woman. You can't do that. It becomes, oh, Sonia, your emotionality is displaced because of your drinking issues. You know, so yeah. it sets up the whole, that whole, that whole ethos of, infor- you know, of, of that cultural dynamic. Yeah, it definitely, definitely does. And I'm curious how that will be sort of like, handled in the I wonder what Ebony has to say about it because she's a real big fan of Sonia because I think that Sonia manipulates people to feel really bad for her and I think there is a lot to feel bad for her for sure I mean there's a lot to feel bad for everybody about you know like you can empathize with most people but but I think that she really has a for certain personalities, she gets them. You see it on this show. Like certain people, like Bethany, like see Sonia. And once again, Ebony is Emily. Ebony has a little bit of a Bethany. She has a fixer upper, can do attitude. Like, go get yourself a man, clean yourself up, move out of your townhouse. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. The funniest moment, though, that I think says it all about this season and says it all about Leah is when they're at the, um, like the, the, the pioneer town in Salem, Massachusetts. And, and they're like the, 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 the native American technology with the wigwam. Cause it was so cold. Oh, and he yeah. like, I really wouldn't have wanted to be alive in like the 1600s. It would have been really fucking cold and I couldn't deal with that. And, and like Rashawn, you hear Gina Ebony be like, "Yeah, we wouldn't want to be alive in the 1600s either." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god! Also, that part of the episode was insane. When like, <laughs> when like Ebony was like, "I cannot dress as the oppressor. I'm sorry, I draw the line." She was like, "I will not be dressing as a colonizer." No, but the other funny moment, and these are all kind of set in a size. Like, these are not moments yeah. that need to be so it's kind of amazing, huge. But Leah likes need help. Leah needs help putting on her bonnet so she's like Ebony can you help me and Ebony put she you know she it's like a white bonnet it's like a white hood so she puts it on and Ebony goes <laughs> don't kill me don't kill me <laughs> yeah that was pretty um pretty was insane. so good it was so good because you yeah. just like I think that it just like it really just shows the limit of um Leah's like fake wokeness or whatever like yeah you can like say all this shit and you can like be friends with the black woman and like know what words to say and like what words not to say but like you're still going to like the fight like you know like you're in a sale in Massachusetts and you're going to like this dress up camp for like literally people in your past who who fully genocided millions millions of people and yeah, like that's like totally. their kind of outing. It's just that like the hilarity, like the the, the pure irony of yeah. who they all are in that situation is pretty daunting. It's pretty un. I mean, that's why I love watching the show. You get those things where you're like, they didn't even know this was gonna happen. You know, like they, how did they get? You know, like they, it, yeah, it worked out really well. So on Beverly Hills, there's this lot, this plotline going on with Crystal and Sutton who are like feuding. And it kind of begins with what you were talking about, that that kind of race conversation where Sutton just can't deal and Crystal's like, I'm just asking you a question. And then Sutton does kind of target Crystal. Like she does kind of target Crystal as like this this person who's tormenting her because Sutton is unstable. And I hate 
her that um she like you know totally targets crystal has it not even like has it out for her but it's just like she's just laser focused on her so then she this whole thing happens where Sutton tries to bring crystal her coat in the night and doesn't knock on the door and crystal's naked and she like drops to the ground because she's like naked all very confusing and Sutton is like what are you doing in here and then Crystal is like really freaked and like pissed off because this, she just had this like really difficult conversation with this woman who's now just like waltzing into her room. And Crystal uses the words violated and it becomes this whole thing. Like Sutton's like, I did not violate you. I did not violate you. And all the women are like, violate's a strong word. And the thing that's like the subtext once again is like, you can't say she violated you in this. And like Kyle even says, like in this day and age with some sexual connotation, you can't be going around saying that. It is like these white women are, they are really being threatened with like cancellation. But yeah. the the women of color aren't even trying to cancel them. Like they're just doing it to themselves. But that's why Sutton's so freaked out. She's literally afraid of being canceled. Like she's afraid of like her reputation, you know? Like that's literally, and and so with Crystal and the violated word, I'm like, why can't you guys understand that? Like she felt violated in that conversation. And now Sutton just took it over the edge, you know? But Sutton also, Sutton also just like hates non-white people. Oh, like yeah, it, it sure. just becomes obvious. Like, I think that that's the other thing that you can tell is just like Sutton literally just like hates anyone and like completely couldn't give less of a shit about anyone who wasn't white. And I think yeah. that you see very similar things with Ramona, with Sonia, even with Leah to a certain extent, although Leah would like, you know, go to her grave denying that. But she she has no understanding of humanity when it comes to Crystal. And like, yeah, I would have done the same thing if I were Crystal. Like imagine someone's been really fucking rude to you, been really right. just like horrible to you. Um, has made you feel un- unsafe um, just because of the really racist things that Sadam was saying. Sadam was saying, and you're, you're, Crystal was like, yeah, I'm like, I just got out of the shower and I was like talking to my friend on the phone and Sadam comes in and instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, we hear on the TV, she goes, what are you doing? Are you getting up to something? It's like, it's like this weird, like that, it's like the hypersexuality of like Asian woman and Sutton is just kind of like putting it in her fucking face and then making herself feel like a victim when Crystal's like, you made me feel violated by the yeah, way and, yeah. she had that. And I just watched the episode where Crystal point blank looks Sutton in the eye and says, you are an awkward person. Love it. Sutton is really 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 unlikable like incredibly unlikable yeah I think Crystal's a very interesting addition to the cast and I think that she is another like really good housewife like she will have a good career on the show she's also got this like forwardness about her like she doesn't she's not calling back to the classic archetype of the show but she does she does have this enough of the same qualities to bring the show into its new era, which I think is like, I do think that's what they're doing with like Crystal and Ebony. Like they picked two powerhouse people to like, you know, cause I bet next season they're gonna just, the cast is gonna continue to get more diverse. Well, they're hanging out now, Crystal and Ebony. 
Oh, they are? Yeah, they're, like, chilling. They're, like, uh, posting pictures and hanging out with each other. Ebony also just, like, really annoys me. She she also has that forwardness, and I'm not even talking about with, like, the always talking about blacklit. Like, I'm not talking about that at all. She just has such a forwardness, which is, like, always making every single situation about her. Like, even with the grandma thing, she's, like, she's always, like, and my grandma's, she's a Bethany. too. It's, like, oh, my God, calm down. She really is a Bethany. I'm telling you, she has Bethany energy. To me, she has the same ability to manipulate that Bethany yeah. does, but but she does it in a much more sugar-coated way where she knows all the right words and she's a lawyer and she's a correspondent. So like when you and I were watching, we were talking, I was like, I don't really like the way that she talks. Like there's something like so like exacting about the way she speaks. And it is because every single word she says is, has exactly the right meaning in the place that she put it. Like every word is so intentional with her. And I think it is. I think that first of all, she's the first black housewife on a show which profits off of it's it's like perpetual whiteness uh never been called out before so that must be very difficult but also it's this like really fascinating crossover between like you know you could say the two types of reality television you have like the fox news being an anchor and then you go to reality tv and i think that like those are both i mean I guess uh, when you're on Fox, what she was doing, it's like live news. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is like even more of a reality than than reality television than what she's on now. You know what I mean? So I think that it's like she has had so much experience in her career in front of a camera. Um, yeah. Which, which, you, which we've never had before. So I think that she's figuring out or she's bringing another form of television and another form of sense making and truth making and dealing with individuals and dealing with the other characters. Like she deals with these people like they're her friends sometimes, but she also (laughs) is like, she's obviously a news anchor and she's obviously used to when the camera follows her in the way that it follows her now, it's been because she needed to be professional and to the point and very smart and very like, and very like together and there. And I think yeah. a lot of the other women on the show, because they either have never had a career or their career has been in show business, like Erica Jane, like Luann, um, yeah. like, even like Kris Jenner, who was like a stewardess, which is not show business, but it's like... Um, uh, I mean, Bethany's just like basically like was like an early prototype influencer for her own product. <laughs> right. So like they're used to another type of television or they have like a certain type of ego, which is like, I'm like... I'm going to be just watched. You know what I mean? It's very Sonia Morgan. I'm just going to be watched. Just look at me. I'm going to be watched. Yeah. But I think Ebony is like used to the career of being like, when there is a camera in front of me, I need to have my talking points and I need to make my point and I need to make my scene. And I have to like go through the motions of being in front of the scene, which I, I mean, I haven't fully fleshed out yet, but it's, I think that it creates this interesting dialectic between the newsroom and the and the external pseudo realism of of bravo sure i mean i would actually that's actually a really interesting way to think about erica on this season of beverly hills mm-hmm. because she is she is bringing us a new character she like has brought her southern accent back she her face looks totally different she is to, like not plastic like her just her expressions her her the way she's holding herself has completely changed so this idea of like being watched which she was once totally comfortable doing 
But I think that now, because she's facing all this legal drama and, you know, this brings in the newsroom in a sense, there's, there's all this like legal and media coverage of her situation. She has flipped her character to be one that's like actively participating in her being watched, her being under scrutiny. Which is, I think we're also going to get a lot of that on uh, season two of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, Jen Shaw. I think we're going to get a lot of that same, um, I don't know, enacting, reenacting, playing who you are in front of the camera. Because when you're in a legal situation, I mean, even Erica is like, yeah, I can't answer that. Or, you know, you right. have to be careful. Or like the show turns into like more I guess more of an obvious PR campaign for like your goodness as a human being or something but right yeah I think that's the other thing about being like oh I like this person I don't like it's beyond that like I don't really give a fuck if I like Ebony or not I don't really care if I like Sutton or not like it's like you know that's the point of the show is they they're asking you who do you align yourself with who who do you root for but I think at the end of the day or, or not the end of the day but, but you just see with someone like Erica where you're just kind of like, wow, like this show has become like a legal hellscape for you. I wanted to talk about two more things so I can, yeah. can I just say them and then you can like pick which one is more interesting to you. I wanted yeah, to talk about like Sonia's crazy, like um, not crazy, but I wanted to talk about how Sonia keeps repeating her story over and over. You see her do it with Rashawn. And then like uh, Ebony and Leah like go to the side and they're like, this means that she's psychotic. So I wanted to talk about that like repetition because yeah. repetition, but also I wanted to talk about the difference between New York and Beverly Hills because especially this episode of Beverly Hills has been very focused on the children. Beverly Hills, it's really like, I watched that episode three times. And it is just like soothing and lovely and wonderful. And you can smell the roses and everything is like, even yeah. if right, they make up and it's all chill and like whatever. And even the Erica thing, it's like, it's a whole other world. But I think in New York, like we've talked about this before. It's just like, they are just like up close and personal and they just have dark stories and they have so dark. much anger. It is full of addiction. It is full of- is so scary. Yeah, and it's not relaxing to watch. It really just makes you like, like it's a form of reality television, which is like, it's freaky because it's like the, it's like the underbelly, or I guess it's the realism of like the human condition or of like, of like the upper class, or just like the the black, like, like a black heart. You know what I mean? Well, it's also, I mean, I think that, I think that in a way, like, you know, yeah, generally it's like the human, but I also think it's about women and I think it's about women, middle-aged women. I think that, I think that like, like society obviously like casts off women at a certain age. Like people don't see old women. Like that's like a thing, you know? And I think that, I think that we're watching, we've watched, we're watching them age into that category mm-hmm. and when Bershon calls them old ladies they're pissed and I think that's like their insecurity and that's their fear I sometimes like take a step back and think about watching the show and I'm like I'm watching a group of six-year-old women hang out 
That's literally what's happening on this show. That's kind of unprecedented. That, that's that's not happening on any other show. You know, like there there is something kind of novel. I think it is. It can be kind of tragic. I think you know they've all dealt with their fair share of traumas. That is such a good point. That and it, it's like that's uh, that's like the opening pages of um, Elena Ferrante's My Brilliant Friend, mm-hmm. where she talks about the anger of the women as they grow older and older. The anger, which is not just like they fight it out like the men, but it's it's, it's like the silent anger. It's the and 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 that's I think that what a lot of My Brilliant Friend is about. It's about the transition from being a daughter to being a mother and how there really isn't any in between. You go from being a daughter to being a mother. And as a daughter, you don't understand your mother. And as a mother, you resent the fact that you're, you've become her. Yeah, I think Sonia is deeply, deeply angry. Luann's really angry. I think they have lots and lots of anger. Yeah, for sure. And they actually are not as in control of it as Ebony is because Ebony has anger that she's dealt with her whole life. These older white women haven't actually, they don't have a, they haven't had a way to confront any of their anger, right? Like Ebony has like learned how to like deal with her anger and like also as like, because she's afraid of being called angry, you know, like there's a whole other set of things obviously with Ebony and she's much younger. But I do think that like you are seeing this kind of like, she's remaining incredibly composed while these other women just like flip flip out and not even about race, just about everything in their lives. Having her on the show is like, really, you're like, whoa. Like, it's just like really obvious. <laughs> I mean, you see that with Garcelle too. Yeah, Garcelle for sure. never raises her voice. Garcelle is extremely composed, even when she's in a fight with someone. You, you just, you really, you really see, because it's also so much of reality TV is structured around, around wild emotionality. Mm-hmm. you know, and fighting and just like unhingedness. But, you know, I think that when you bring b- black women into a majority white world of the show, you know, that's like all of a sudden it obviously is going to become something that's completely racially coded and it's going to become very rare that you're going to see, you know, like, like Ebony is just not going to lose her shit. No matter what anyone says to her, she's not going to because, I mean, she even said, she goes, I worked on Fox News for five years. She like, you know what I mean? She's like had, she's dealt with it and she understands, you know, that like, that's just like, yeah. that, that's what she has to deal with. That's the, that's the fucking stereotype, you know? Yeah. And she says it during the lunch. She goes, Leah can tell you all to fuck yourself. And you go, oh, she's having a bad day. But I yeah, exactly like a very calm manner and you're telling me that I'm angry and mean and horrible. You know, yeah. and like that's that's what you that's what you start to get, and I think that then you just realize, watching, especially New York, where all the like all the white women they rely on their emotions to prove their point. Yeah, and it's not just like a, a woman are emotional. I think it's like white women are white white women of the capacity to be emotional in the public sphere in order to get the public to be sympathetic about their emotional femininity. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wrote, I wrote a note, like heightened emotions. Like it, it, these are very emotional seasons. Kathy Hilton. Oh my God. I love her. She is amazing. Cause she's like, I'm so rich. I don't even know what this is. She like, she pays so little attention. I'm like, do you know you're on a show? Like, I feel like Kyle was like, Kathy, come do this. And Andy was like, Kathy. And she was like, okay, but I won't get out of bed before 11. Yeah. <laughs> okay, honey. 
Okay, when she Thank says you. hunky dory and she's like, who's hunky dory? I was like, no. My favorite is when she was like, I'm so tired. And Kyle was like, yeah, I know. Because at two in the morning, you are in my bed reading the Wall Street Journal, drinking a Red Bull. I was dead. And then today's episode, she was like, she was like, it's mixed up. And they were like, you mean messed up? Messed and she's up. like, messed up. Like, yes. but she doesn't even care that she flubs her words constantly. Also, they are editing her gold. She's talking about building a wreath and she's talking about all the little knickknacks she'll put on a wreath because she likes Creepy to be quirky. Dolls. Weird baby dolls. And then she, she's like, then she goes, a Saks Fifth Avenue receipt. And it cuts to her being like, just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she's wacky. She, I think she's she, on the pill. She's so great. She definitely is. She kind of reminds me of my aunt. Speaking of like powerhouses that are continuing the journey for the show it's like oh yeah Cassie's not going anywhere she's amazing TV like she is delivering truly Paris it's from her you can see it so clearly you get it you're like oh she is a trip she is truly like the original housewife yeah she like they're talking about you're talking about real housewife Beverly Hills Kathy was the first one She's so funny also, because she's also kind of, like, whip smart, you know, oh, yeah. like, in the same way that, like, Ebony or Crystal, and, you know, her her and Crystal are very good friends. Yeah. Um, where Kathy, you know, she's like, life is a poker game, and everyone needs to show their cards. You're like, and then Kyle's ah, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Kathy. But I was like, yeah, I mean, that's not, it's not not true. Oh, my God, I just the- love her in bed with the Red Bull. That was a funny, the night vision camera. I was dying. I was, and Kyle was like, what are you doing? Like she's reading three paper newspapers. <laughs> like eating pretzels. And Kyle was like, I'm trying to sleep. She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm just here. Don't worry. Um. Also crazy, weird little like insider view we got to like Kathy being like, yeah, I just talked to Kim. And Kyle was like, she hasn't answered any of my phone calls. And she's like, yeah, we just talked for three hours. I'm like sister drama. No, like sister on sister crime. Got a new phone. Kim got a new phone and didn't tell Kyle. And Kyle's like, "Yeah, she hasn't returned my calls in months. Like, I keep inviting her to stuff." And like, "Oh, she got a new phone." Kathy's like, "She got a new phone number. She changed it." She's like, "She didn't tell you." But Kathy has such older sister energy. Like, I said that as an older sister. Like, she's like, "Oh, she, oh, she didn't, she didn't mention that to you." It's like clearly she didn't mention it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like looking forward to like the next, the, the rest of the seasons. They're just, the show's just, the show just feels different. I don't know, man. No, they are different. You know, who, what's that? How is it going to change? I mean, again, we're getting to our, our big ass question. The future of reality, well, like literally what's next? Well, yeah. I mean, like reality TV has always been racist and sexist and homophobic. Yeah. You know, it, and I'm, you know, and I don't, I definitely don't lament that Ramona, that they're firing Ramona. I think that that's good. Oh, no, I'm not like, oh. No, I know, but it's, you know, but it's just, it's just interesting. It's just interesting that, um, you know, yeah, I don't really have the answer. I mean, I, I think it's going to still be as good, but I think that it's definitely going to be more diverse. Yeah. Like, okay? um, and I think that it's just like, it's not going to allow the same level of, I don't, I don't. yeah 
they, well, I mean, I think they just can't anymore. And I think that that's good. Like, why should like Aviva Drescher be making money off of her dad, like literally, like like touching women in such inappropriate ways? Like, that, she shouldn't well, be able I to can't make money either. off of that. That's no. Or like totally Ramona. Like, why should Ramona be like profiting so heavily off of just like being like so fucking rude and racist? she's really fucking rude and i think that she she's been on the show since the beginning yeah um, and it's become and it is time for a change yeah and i think that she's kind of like you know you're you're on a show for 15 16 years and it becomes who you are so i think that she's like played into her like shtick of herself yeah and that's yeah. like like a caricature she's become like a caricature of herself and it's like all right, well, you got to go. It's like on Vanderpump Rules with Stassi and Kristen. It's like, no, you can't call yeah. cops on a Black woman just right. for revenge because she slept with someone's boyfriend. Like, right. get the fuck out of here. Like, first of all, yeah. no. Second of all, it can't make any fucking money. Like, why, why are we going to pay you? Why are we going to pay you to do that bullshit? Look, I'm just curious about the Real Housewives in general. How does that continue in the age of like Karen, you know, people being really sensitive to that? Like, because it can't be the same thing anymore. Like, it, it can't, you know, like, no, like, that's not, it doesn't fit in the culture anymore. Yeah. I mean, but I think that beyond that, it's a show about class, not, not like in like being cl- classy, but it's like, it's a show, it's, it's a show about like socioeconomic class. And, yeah. you know, and in a similar way that a uh, transparent, uh, or uh, the Royal Tenenbaums are about class. I think, you know, it's like, especially, especially uh, transparent where it's like, you know, that, that, that the moral of that story is basically like, no matter how much money you have, you're still going to be fucking miserable and horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show, you know what I mean? It's not like they're bringing on like poor people or middle-class people anytime soon. So I think that you're, what we get to witness, we, what we get to witness is, is, I guess, are the fluctuations in class allegiance and how class, yeah. how, the, how the upper class, how the ruling class is, is shifting along with the rest of the culture. And if that is, like, we have to ask ourselves, like, is it at the forefront? Is that what everyone else is doing? Is it a reaction to something? What is it repeating? What does it want to be? So I think that that is actually something which is still quite fascinating because it's also like we're done with Ramona. I don't think yeah. that she's an interesting character anymore. I think that people are now more into a character like, you know, Leah. yeah, like a Ebony. Leah or an Ebony or a Crystal or a, even even a Kathy Hilton, who are like who who even if they're wacky or weird or woke or a different race or whatever, they still have this tremendous class allegiance, and that mm-hmm. is fascinating to track because you still get to watch that play out every single week oh yeah oh yeah i mean we're, we can wrap it up but like crystal is very rich and like very much flexes how rich she is that hermes bag moment that bag is so expensive you that little bag with the windows on it kyle comes over and crystal just has it on her table is a ninety-five thousand dollar purse i know can you imagine what who has ninety five thousand dollars I don't think my bank account like allows me to have that much money in it at one time. Why are you spending that on a bag? Because you can, babe. Because you can. No, it's, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's wild. And also, it's like, they're also in LA. And I think it's also fascinating because it's like, you live in LA. 
I mean, we're living in, in like this horror in, in the midst of ecological disaster. You know yeah. what I mean? And you can see it. And I think that like the fires, everyone knows that the fires in LA this year are going to be even worse. They're going to burn down even more houses. The drought is horrible. You know what I mean? In New York, you have the, the fucking COVID is horrible in New York. You have the water levels rising. But you see these women still like obsessed with their like the lawns and the thing and their like social minutiae. And it's just crazy because you're just like, what are they doing in the midst of ecological disaster? Well, they're repeating themselves to get to our favorite thing. They're yeah. just cycling through these repetitions and they're just like, they're just like spinning in a circle and the whole world is moving around them. And they're just like tumbling over themselves into the basement of like, into the basement of the townhouse. <laughs> Oh, man, man. I mean, it's just, it they never stop delivering. And we will be back to discuss the further episodes of these wonderful television shows. Yes, yeah, We tuned. will stay tuned, watch along, you know, do the thing. If you ever, you know, if you have an idea about the shows, DM us. Oh, yeah, please DM us. for guests. Um, yeah, come on the pod. I think it's pretty fun to be a guest on our pod. We'll just let you go for it, you know? Go yeah, on tangent. Go all the way. Go all the way, my friends. But no, but yeah, definitely feel free to DM us, hit us up, uh, whatever. We're we're into it. We're, we're trying to figure we're, out this wacky, weird, weird world along with everyone else. We're at money can't buy you class underscore pod on Instagram. And, and at class underscore pod on Twitter. Yeah, class underscore pod on Twitter. So get at us, get in those social needs. Yeah. And um, tomorrow, tomorrow is the episode seven of The Bachelor. So. Oh my God, big day. <laughs> or maybe it's tonight, but we'll, watch, we'll be watching it no, tomorrow. No, it's on Mondays. It's on Mondays. Okay, it's on Mondays. So. Yeah. So Tuesday. So thanks for listening. Keep keep up stay tuned keep on keeping on money can't buy your class money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned, oh yeah. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. How many men there are that forget to hold the door? When I give them so much more than they can imagine Money rich and manners poor Never got the boys too far Money talks but I just walk when I can't stand it And the primary mistake Texting on a date If you make a lady wait she'll take a pass The lesson all should learn Even if there's cash to burn Respect yourself cause no one else can change your path Money can't buy your class
forget to allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned, oh yeah. Life is all about elegance and flair. And savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. Haha. <laughs> it's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Money can't buy your class. 